0: From courtside the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC podcast, episode number three hundred and seventy. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum, of course, and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek. You know him in the forum as Deeper Three. He is also Deeper Three Eighty Four on Twitter. Good to talk to you again, Derek. And uh, we followed through on what we said last week and played a bit of Live Two Thousand One. Yeah, no, happy
1: to be here again. Uh, yeah, I jumped on and and played. A game of NBA Live two thousand one for PlayStation two. I actually shared the uh, the highlights of the game on YouTube, and like I predicted when I talked to you, you know, people kind of jumped on that video and made and, and commented on it, and people seem to really enjoy that that retro content. They um, do, they do, in good quality. So um, yeah, I mean, there were some annoying aspects that revisiting made me realize. Uh, one of them being charging files. You remember how um, Josh and Dave were talking about Tecmo Super NBA basketball, how one of the most annoying things is the the random uh, and constant charges? Oh, yes, yes. Are called? Well, that's that's the same thing in NBA Live 2001, actually. And you can be barely moving forward, trying to get by your guy, and they will just continually call you for charging files, it seems. So that's one of the frustrating things about the game another thing and you i think you mentioned this on the past uh our last podcast there's a delay when you're trying to shoot the ball off the catch
0: or drive. yeah yeah I, I, had a f- I had a few instances myself where i actually was just you know on the fast break and just ran straight out of bounds because i'm pressing shoot but it just doesn't go into the shooting animation it just runs straight out of bounds because it doesn't register yeah
1: Yep, exactly. And it's really easy to step out of bounds on those games, too. Mm. But, like, um, when you push the shoot button right off the catch, like, you, you try to, um, somebody's coming off a screen, and you try to hit him, and then they throw they it for a shot. Um, it doesn't, the button doesn't, the input doesn't work right away. So you're stuck just standing there for a second, and by the time you're able to shoot, the defense is right back on you. So that's definitely one of them, one of the frustrations. I will say, though, and my brother was in the room with me, watching me play it, we were both pretty impressed. It was one of those games we revisited and we were like, hey, you know, this isn't that bad. You saw the highlights. The dunks look great. They do. The Weber dunk to start off the the, the video where he dunks it on multiple people in the paint. Um, the two-handed dunks, the reverse slams, uh, the Kobe dunk on the fast break. The dunks look great. And even though there isn't right stick dribbling, a couple of the dribbling moves are pretty solid as far as like the between the legs, dribbles, and... The shifty dribbles when you're going right up the court, etc. And the shooting and the nets great, and the shooting isn't so bad. It's it's not that bad. It, it listen, it's not one of the worst live games in the series. Let's put it that way. It has it has some pretty good qualities.
0: I'm inclined to agree. I mean, it it does have its faults. It, it was as as I mentioned last week. Uh, it was rebuilt, new code, as as Rod uh, Redekop mentioned when I interviewed him for the 25th anniversary of NBA Live. You can go back and listen to that interview, of course it was it was rebuilt so they did run into some of those teething problems as we've seen when they've changed engines and whatnot in more recent years as well something something i didn't mention last week i love the dunks and, and as you just know brought them up there as well also a lot of the blocks the blocking physics actually feel very good like there's compared to some games where everything's a big swat the fact that there are some kind of softer blocks and you can not really control them as such but you can kind of block them sort of in the direction of a teammate Uh, i really do like the blocking in that game it it has those early 2000s late 90s problems where it doesn't always trigger the dunk or layup properly so you end up going into that uh, awkward runner where (laughs) very easy to travel doing that awkward runner or just end up behind the backboard shooting into the backboard it it doesn't always trigger that right animation around the hoop that is an early 2000s problem as i said very common really until 2003 2004 that they cleaned that they didn't clean up until then but it's it's very playable i uh, i did find myself uh, as you said you start noticing those issues you, you start playing it and you think oh this is pretty good and it is does hold up but you do start noticing those issues after a while oh yes that's right that's uh, <laughs> that's what i didn't like about the game all those years ago as well but uh, it it was fun and i i ha- i still have to troubleshoot the, two, uh, the pc version because it's still coming up with that weird issue with my peripherals so i, was, I ended up playing it on ps2 as well because i do have that version as well and, yeah, no, I ended up playing quite a few games of it, just, just short ones. But, no, it was, it was very fun to revisit.
1: Yeah, if you can get through a couple of games of those old, older titles, um, you know that there's still playability with mm. it. Um, I, I want to make a point, too, about those runners that you were talking about. Where it is the most frustrating for me and where I think they could have made this smoother is in the post. Because they have great spinning animations spinning like in towards the hoop um it's trying to spin baseline but what happens is is not only is there a delay when you try to hit the shoot button off the spin but instead of going into like a dunk or a move the majority of the time it's like what you said they go up and do that one-handed runner animation and you end up like behind the hoop yeah and you have to like quickly pass it out
0: or traveling you're not expecting it so you're up and you land because you're not expecting to uh (laughs) to to have to release the button so quickly Right.
1: And there's also a lack of contact in the post that ended up being there actually in like live 2003 where you're backing in, but you're like backing into no resistance. It's like there's like a disconnect between the guy backing in and the defender. So it kind of hurts the post game Mm. a bit because it's lacking the physics. But at the same time, yeah, you know, obviously there's some issues with it, but I love the presentation of that game. I love the bright menus. I like um I like the uh, graphics actually. I like the graphics overall. They're they're definitely a lot better than Fox Sports basketball.
0: Oh yes. And low bar uh, but still. <laughs> right,
1: exactly low bar. I think Magic Johnson's fast break is better graphics than uh and when I say Magic Johnson, sla- I meant Slammin' Jam, not Slammin' Jam. Fast breaks a little um, bit more primitive, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fast breaks a little bit more primitive. Um, but yeah. No, I'm glad I re- revisited and again thank you to our listeners um specifically nate for bringing up live 2001 because it did motivate me to throw it on
0: definitely and i do want to throw out a couple of more uh trivia notes before we move on to this week's discussion about live 2001 because it, it was fun to revisit and i forgot to mention it last week uh tim Cherner, one of our founders that was the first game he worked on as a developer when he joined ea back in the day and two of his additions to the game were the options to uh, to be able to trade for actually no not trade for an empty roster slot but to be able to have less than 12 players on the active roster so you could move what you could move a player to the active roster when you had 12 players or less um, down to eight active players of course and also the option to not uh to not re- automatically reorder the rosters when you were editing them and of course those both came from his days creating rosters for the community so those were a couple of things that he added for his very first year or that he was encouraged to add as a producer on the game, as a developer, his very first year working on it. So that was that's pretty cool as well. Well, my God, I, we really need that feature. Funny, again, another
1: feature that we need that was in some of the old games. We really need that feature from my league for NBA 2K21 and some of the newer 2Ks because, you know, the ability to have a roster with like eight, nine, are 10 guys as opposed to the quote unquote required 14 because it would make retro rosters um, so much easier to utilize and make. And it's unfortunate that what happens right now in the new two K's is if you go into a, my league with say 10 guys, the game will automatically assign four players to your team like random players they'll be like free agents uh, guys that are not in the roster and then if you try to release them off of the team they will audit, they will give you a notification in like a week that says you have to pick up four players or you can't continue
0: like it's it's really annoying and discouraging it's frustrating so. it, it, it's funny that we do have those options in old games that could make a comeback but unfortunately and this kind of goes into what we're going to be talking about this week it, it doesn't make money for the publisher, and if it doesn't make money, it doesn't become a priority. The way I look at it, though, big picture-wise, is when you
1: add more features and add more functionality, it can hit the bottom line. It can make money if you promote those features and they're done well and everything, because you'll have people that pick up the game that otherwise wouldn't.
0: So In theory,
1: yeah. In theory, right. So um, I don't understand why in NBA 2K21 they came out with the feature for next gen unfortunately not on PC but they came out with the um, feature for next gen where you can start a season with only like 10 I think up to what was it 12 teams 12 teams yeah oh, say 12 teams which excludes the ABA that's another whole another thing you can't put the ABA accurately in the game but uh, how they you know came up with that idea to say hey you guys can start a my league now for retro rosters and everything you can start a season you know with 12 teams but then still keep the 14 player requirement
0: Mm. that doesn't make any sense yeah Yeah, so hopefully they do change that moving forward it's uh, one that we'll keep putting on the wish lists and whatnot and hopefully they can put it through and and there is a very dedicated my league or my mba as it is now team leftos of course that are very keen to add things like that it just i suppose comes down to time and uh, and feasibility but hopefully they do add some of those, those options maybe some retro rule options at the start as well
1: Leftos, if you if you're listening to this podcast and you still work on that, please, please look at uh, at least adding an option to the My League setup that says, uh, um, you know, not you, that you don't have to participate in the 14 player requirement. I mean, like you said, um, rules. Yeah, exactly. Like classic rules would be cool to have. Um,
0: Ten seconds and a half. To, you know. Uh legal defense rather than the three-second defensive violation etc you know that'd be really cool yeah. to have you know yeah
1: there's art aspects to it that they'd have to figure out like when you turn an option off that's you know if you're playing a specific season and you said you know the and it was a time before the semicircle mm. um then they would have to find a way to have that semicircle removed when you choose that option from the how's course. how's
0: the ai account for it and things like that it's it certainly yeah when you get into it there's it's, it's more than you know, that we don't have to figure out so we we definitely do appreciate that but that that being said we'd we'd love to see it absolutely um no and i listen
1: my league in nba2k is incredibly deep it's it's really good the customization's really good um we're lucky to have all of that but it doesn't mean that that, that it couldn't use um some other options and features
0: i mean it is unfortunate that it's no longer the Uh, the priority but it it is still getting attention which is nice to see i think it'll always be that way and they're not going to take it out i'd be very surprised if they ever took out franchise mode because people do do still play it so hopefully we can see some more improvements moving forward but uh, but one mode of course that they are very focused on these days because it does make money is of course my team and our feature discussion this week is something that's been uh, suggested by kid cash 202 shout out to you kid cash and uh, it was submitted as a mailbag question, but as always, we do like to uh, repurpose some mailbag questions for uh, for use in as uh, our featured discussion. And, and this is one that we've been thinking about talking about for a while because it's a uh, it's an ongoing issue with uh, with my team. So as Kidcash puts it on Twitter, uh, can we talk about how dumb this card game is in NBA 2K? That being my team, uh, he just started paying attention to it this year. Never played it before, but has noticed the cards have produced. Uh, uh, inflating everybody's ratings. Uh, what the hell is the point? Is <laughs> his exact words. Uh, th- throws up a couple of examples there of inflated ratings of players that are uh, up in, as it's amethyst players, actually rather pink diamond players with inflated ratings. This is definitely something that's been going on for a while. Uh, Derek, I wrote a, an article for Monday Tip Off uh, last year, around right about this time last year, I, I believe, that was uh, called the dumbing down of my team, and we've seen this a lot the inflated ratings, the ratings that just don't make sense for players. It's all about having these uh, overpowered cards, these OP cards that people can just dominate with, regardless of whether they actually match up with the player's skill set or not. We've seen David Robinson cards be able to uh, curry slide cheese behind the back dribble, take a three from 35 feet and make it. I mean, David Robinson was pretty talented, but that wasn't really his skill set. So we've seen this a lot, and it really is, I feel, dumbing down my team. And it's, it's become a problem for, for so, many, so, so many reasons. So it's, it's something we're going to be talking about today.
1: I've talked about this at length. Um, and the further we get into this, I'll probably bring up 2K15, my team, a few times, um, because I think that's when they were doing it right. Um, and, yeah, I've seen the videos of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, basically running 100 miles an hour up the court. Um, the older Kareem, by the way. He's bald. And he's... Uh, running up and down the court doing um, Allen Iverson-type dribbles and jacking threes, and um, it's ridiculous. And, you you know, you wonder why these kids, you know, part of the reason why these kids are so um, not in tune with the history of the game and the players and everything. You know, a, a mode like my team could be used to educate these kids on how these players actually really played and, you know, make them have to use them the way that they played in real life. And it's really disappointing um, what they've done. I, I I think you've seen it too. The, the builds where uh excuse me, the, um, the OP uh, shacks, the uh, ones where he's like flying up and down the court and the people are shooting threes with them and, and everything. It's just why? Like, I don't understand. Like it also takes the element of real basketball and having to use players to their strengths, like, and having to, Get players um, for specific strengths. It takes that out of the equation,
0: and it, it really does. It's
1: just a free for all. You notice I don't play. I can't play it anymore. Mm. I can't. I, I just can't play it anymore. It's not fun for me.
0: It's. I mean, there is. There's so many elements to it. There is that disrespect, uh, misrepresentation of the historical players and current players for that matter as well. That they're not reflecting actual abilities because you you get the oh a player had a great game so they've got a a pink diamond card where they've got so many maxed out badges hall of fame badges and uh, boosted ratings boosted attributes and whatnot and i understand the concept it's this idea that this this player had themselves a knight so this play this card represents this player at their (laughs) their overpowered best if you will but it it just completely takes the balance out of the game And, and that's the thing that i think is the most important uh, part of this to to consider, because a lot of people say, "Oh, it's a fantasy mode; it's not supposed to be realistic." You're, you're taking players from across the breadth of NBA history and and putting them in the game and playing them all together. And certainly, yes, it is fantasy that you can take the uh, uh, George Mikan who has passed away and have him play alongside Kawhi Leonard, you know, who is who was living and an active player. But that is to me that is where the fantasy aspect comes in that you are collecting these players from the breadth of history and, put, and creating these fantasy lineups not that the the players themselves have fantasy attributes again even in a game like NBA Jam the the ratings even though the uh, the, the action is exaggerated and not realistic the actual player attributes still kind of reflect what the uh, what they have they play like same with NBA playgrounds what's the point what's the point of a mode where you can stack
1: your entire lineup with, like, Kareem, David Robinson, Shaq, like, all centers in all five positions doing things that they never did in real life, and where's the fun in that? You Mm -hmm. know, what happened to you? Hey, I want to get this guy because this guy was a great scorer and I need scoring. I want to get this guy because I need somebody that can break down the defense and go one-on-one, and this guy historically did that right Mm -hmm. like what i need a defensive stopper so i'm going to get somebody who would be a great defensive stopper on the perimeter um so if everybody can play great defense at at any player in history depending on the card you get and everybody can um you know you know stifle people rim and everybody can shoot threes and everybody can handle like alan Allen iverson you know what's the point when i exactly. played um when i played my team when i played my team for n b a two k and it is disrespectful by the way, I completely agree with you we have talked about that at length it's incredibly disrespectful disrespectful to the history of the game um the players the teams um the families et cetera when I played n b a two k fifteen, I loved the struggle i loved having to choose the right player to win my games i had to choose players based on their skill set and how they would fit into my team there were far less mindless challenges i've talked to you about that the grind the absolutely mindless challenges the hey we're gonna you know to complete this challenge you're gonna be thrown on the court and there's like one minute or a minute and a half in the game or something like that and you just have to play that minute and a minute and a half that is mindless
0: they've moved moved away from that thankfully They've, they've moved away from that thankfully
1: good they have good absolutely that's great because that was absolutely ridiculous i know that that was in i want to say 2k20 um
0: there was some yeah at least i think so i I can't remember them they they either have the in the challenges they have it in triple threat where it's first to 21 in the uh, in the kind of a street arena kind of the the playground atmosphere or it'll be shorter quarters three to five minutes usually
1: well they had it, it i know they had it in nba live 19 too and it was a mess
0: it was yeah, I, I line so, yeah, team, I, I, ultimate team was, was took such a step backwards but you know to that point it, of course it's disrespectful and misrepresenting history but it's even if you want to put that aside and say it's a fantasy mode as you alluded to if everybody can play the same there's no strategy there's no reason to collect specific players as you said oh i need a shooter so you'll you'll have that strategy of okay i need to acquire this player or i'd like to get that player and, and build that lineup and, and have that strategy it's now it's like okay can i just get a bunch of pink diamond cards whatever or galaxy opals and now the dark matter cards as well and it doesn't really matter who they are and unless you particularly care about who's on the front of the card it, it doesn't really matter people will, will happily play with whoever as long as the attributes are fine you might as well have generic players and that's the that's the problem it t- takes the fun out of the mode i think with the fun and the strategy of and, and the need to collect specific to collect specific players why should i be excited about pulling a lebron james card if i can get an alex caruso card that can play just as well or better it doesn't make sense um
1: you know you you think about this so rpgs what are rpgs most of the time games like final fantasy and everything Mm. um they are they're fantasy games right Oh yeah, but I'm talking about the games like like um, the games that let's what's a good example of that?
0: The Elder Scrolls. Uh, the
1: games that have dif- that have yeah, well the games that have different builds. The games that have you can be an archer, you can be a ranger, you can be um, you can be a warrior, you can be all of this stuff. Even in the fantasy realm of video games, they understand that you should have to make a choice on specific s- skill sets that fit your needs. Right, and if you're playing a co-op game like that, you if you're if you have somebody who's a warrior, you want somebody who's playing with you. So let's say my brother and I were playing a game, we may want to make him like a healer, right, or a tank, or something like that. So even in fantasy, there's a there's an incredible in there's such an importance of differentiation and having to choose right in order to reach the ultimate goal of winning or competing etc but it's like having it would be like having one of those fantasy games where instead of having you know all these different jobs um having to choose you know differentiation between those jobs it's like having like 10 jobs in the game and all of them are the same like what's the point
0: an, an op character right? no no risk reward no uh, no strategic decisions at all you know
1: it doesn't make any sense. It's like that's what and the the problem is is that they, in my opinion, have created this. I I didn't see anybody asking for this. And you and I have been active on the forums for quite a while. You know, I was active on Operation Sports, especially um, you know, in the late two thousand tens. I was more active, active there in early two thousand twenty. Um we've been active on the NLSC, we're in tune with what people are talking about on social media. I didn't see anybody asking for this.
0: I didn't see no, I didn't it's,
1: see
0: the fans. It would be, it would be a minority. It's a minority of people who just want to who 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 care more about having these OP lineups and winning an online game than the representation of basketball. I think there's a small minority of people that are all for it or they're happy just to be able to rip open packs, you know, they're all about that rather than the representation of basketball and, and strategy. They just want to have a stacked lineup so they can beat people and Laugh at beating people with an overpowered lineup. So I think that the people exist, but by and large, I agree. Like the the people, the hardcore basketball fans that did take to the mode because there is a fun fantasy aspect to it. We're not saying do this, especially because, and we know why they do this, because it is very recurrent revenue driven. Because they can put these desirable cards, these overpowered cards, in packs that you have to rip open pack over the pack to to get, which means you're probably going to be buying VC to buy the packs. Nobody was asking for that. Nobody was, apart from some whales, I suppose, nobody was asking to have to spend more money to get these overpowered cards to be able to be competitive. No one.
1: Right, but they fee what they do is they, they kind of created this toxic community. They created they did. This, this mindset. They created this um, win at all costs, regardless of how you get there type mindset. And they, and they and they put that in their modes. They put that in their online modes in general, and it is really unfortunate. And I think that's also why you see a lot of—I hate this word—but you know, it's it's out there. But the, you know, a lot of cheesing, right? A lot sure. of ex, you know, being able to you know seeking out exploits and um, not playing real basketball. And the game allows you to do that. Um, the game allows you to do what you know, I've talked about, you know, going wide on the baseline just to quick, get some quick buckets, you know, isolate and just run by your defender and the help defense doesn't come over. It's created this atmosphere of not really playing basketball, but seeking out exploits. And if you're playing a game, and I've said this many times before, and this is why I say things don't always get better in time, because we had some serious battles in get, with games from the past. And you see that. I love that when I hear those, see- when, excuse me, when I see those comments on Twitter to some of my posts and some of yours where they say, man, I love this game. We had some battles. Isn't it great when we see that? It is. Like, when we see yeah, it's com- just
0: that really uh-huh. getting into it. You know, you're really getting into it on the virtual hardwood, just really engaged in the game. And, you know, we have to try and win. I mean, some of those older games, you did have to uh, eschew basketball strategy to go with whatever worked, especially when mid-range jump shots didn't really go in as much in the, the older games. But at the same time, as you say, the battles, the back and forth, whether it was against the CPU or against uh, another user, it, it's it's what really made Bustable Gaming back in the day, and it was much less toxic. And I absolutely agree that whether it's the rec, Pro-Am, Playground, the online modes of my team, and even to an extent the, the idea that you have to, uh, you know, to borrow from Pokemon, you've got to catch them all, you know, to get all these OP cards. It really does have that toxic environment to the modes these days and it's it's a real shame and it's it's about and, and of course it, it again drives recurrent revenue so it's it's more about that than having this fun fair balanced experience that people could really enjoy
1: if you're spending if you're spending the majority of your gameplay experience dodging exploits that's a major red flag mm. if you're if you're spending the good majority of your playing experience trying to dodge exploits and faking sim and, you know, the d- passing up that open layup or passing up that baseline drive or passing up that mismatch and all of that stuff, because you know that no matter what, you're going to get a bucket in those cases. And it shouldn't be that easy. Then that's a major red flag. And I love what Josh and Dave talked about. And we're going to be getting to a question from them later, which is kind of cool. And I hope they come onto the show again um, at some point soon. But, You know, they brought up, we were talking with them about the difference in basketball video games today compared two years ago. And we were talking about, you know, we asked them what they thought about the new basketball titles that have been coming out over the last few years. And they talked about not only, I I believe they mentioned the exploits, but they talked about over animations as well. You know, feeling like it's all about, um, instead of having control, it's about what animation you can trigger that plays out and there's a bigger picture to that and i completely agree with what they're talking about it's it feels like you're not playing basketball as much it feels like you're trying to constantly you hit a button and an animation plays out and sometimes it's a long animation and then you go the other way and i completely agree with them that that can be frustrating and we didn't have as much of that with the past games and I know we're getting a little bit off topic from from the my team discussion but it, it it's just an overall frustration you know with the new games Well, to it, be honest with you
0: animations are, are a big part of it because there are a lot of variables that that, that are, and yes the games if they pick when when they pick the right animation you succeed when they pick a a bad animation you fail so it really doesn't come down to they talk about the skill gap and, and skill based gaming and everything and it's know get good at the game it's really can you master the metagame of it can you pick the right animations and certainly we have some control over with with the pro stick what what animations to a certain extent whether we want to do a a flashy dunk or finish left finish right etc but the specific animation is still supposedly contextual supposedly but it's often not particularly uh, (laughs) there's there's many times when i've been playing against the cpu when it's definitely given me a very uh Uh, disadvantageous uh, move uh, animation rather and then at the other end it's given itself an animation that's going to allow it to succeed and avoid the block whatever so when it comes down to animations the whole whole idea of the skill gap is a myth not only that but of course as we talked about we have the badges as well so it really comes down to this idea of having a, a loadout and it's why i also don't like the traits system in nba live that much in the one I feel that being able to swap in and out abilities makes it more of, a, more of a video game than a representation of basketball. And maybe that's what a lot of younger people want. Maybe we are the out-of-touch millennial boomers in this, uh, in this case. But there are a lot of people, like us, basketball heads, that don't really want to ha- play that metagame. They don't want to have to pick just these animations at work or just have to work out the badge system and grind ridiculously to get it. And, and try to... Uh, and of course, now badges are back in... In my team this year so you get a card you can just load it up with all kinds of badges depending on the ratings of course but you can still enhance it beyond what it's supposed to be and, and and in some cases yeah add things especially when they have ratings that aren't realistic the players aren't realistic either
1: we could do an entire episode on how much i hate artificial the amount of artificial boosts that are in these new games and how they're hurting competition um, Like real competition like And they destroy actual skill gap uh, I did want to bring up a point though There's a reason why you and I Jump on the sticks for NBA 2K15 NBA 2K16 And NBA 2K17 Where uh, we play it And it just has this better feeling It has this feeling of more control um, Than some of the newer titles It's it's because they weren't We felt like we had more control we, we, They weren't as overly animated pick up nba Two. a challenge anybody listening to this um podcast pick up nba 2k 17 and play a game dribble move experience the foot planning experience the use of the stick finishing on the right and left side of the rim going baseline Ex- experience how it feels to shoot and in, in, in the post and all of this stuff and when you drive to the rim um how you're able to pull up from mid-range as opposed to being dragged in constantly etc i want you to play NBA 2K15, 16 or 17 and then jump on say NBA 2K20 and 2K21. There is a monumental difference in control. I firmly believe that there's far less being sucked into each other as far as the players. Like there's less of that um magnet feel. Um there's the ability to stop on a dime and pull up for a shot as opposed to being like instead of like being able to stop behind the three-point line, and you know this is a big problem, you get dragged in front of the line, yeah. and it ends up being a two because you can't stop. Even if, um, if, if you use a trigger,
0: it, it doesn't always stop in time.
1: No, it doesn't. And you have um, just far... The, the buttons make more sense. There's better foot planning. There's more control. Um, over the last couple of years, they've turned the games into the exact opposite, as far as like the control aspect. And I think that's why you and I gravitate um, to those older titles. And when we pick up the sticks, there's such a feeling of difference.
0: Well, in the, in the I, I wrote an article as well uh, on, on top of the, the dumping out of my team. Uh, by all means, I invite people to go back, go to the main page of the NLSC, search for "dumbing down in the search box, and it'll come up Monday tip off, Dumbing down of my team. The other one I wrote fairly recently, uh, and it was kind of in, a, in response to a tweet uh, at the uh, the main nlsc account the nlsc on twitter of course about oh it's a business and, and this is always an excuse people make about recurrent revenue mechanics which of course are a big part of my team these days uh, I, I mean they they were from the moment that my team was put in the game but they've really they've really amped it up since now i, I said this in the article and it, i absolutely no, I, just people i, I can't believe well, I can because some people are shills. But, but it's, it's hard to believe that some people who presumably aren't getting paid to promote the game or anything else uh, will continue to defend this, this approach to recurrent revenue mechanics and the, and the game design. When, when, the, when the focus is on making as much money as possible by milking the customers through recurrent revenue mechanics, through microtransactions, it doesn't benefit the game design. We've seen this in so many ways. The grind in my career and it's online connected modes it's uh we see it in in my team for how to get the best cards to rip open pack after pack and how that pressure is there to buy 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 to buy the vc to buy the packs to rip them open one after the other when that is the focus when the focus is on how can we frustrate the gamer into giving us more money just so the game feels playable or more fun or that they get the content that they want so the desirable content and the fun experience they crave they can get a hold of, then the folk the, the it's a, it's a weak game design. The focus is not on making the most fun game possible, or the most uh, balanced game possible. You don't have things like proper matchmaking. You don't have f- fair pack odds. It, it even even just the, the the different challenges and events that you have, none of that is really designed in a way that's about fun. It's about the business side of it. And of course, there's a business side of developing games. But when that side of it gets in the way of good game design, and actually compromises the experience, then it is a bad thing. The reason we don't have things like Legends pools and stuff anymore is because then we'd be able to play with any player we want, don't have to go into my team to play with some of the exclusive Legends and historical players in there. So it gets in the way of making the games as good as they possibly can be. And that's what people either are ignorant of or refuse to acknowledge if, if, if they do know it. They, they try and downplay it. When it's when the focus is on recurrent revenue mechanics, as is the case in my team and, and also my career to a certain extent, to a large extent, in fact, then it makes the game design weaker.
1: What, what, Andrew, you don't accept it? You don't accept it now? It's not the you know, it's the new normal. I mean, you've been having to deal with, you know, these um, gambling mechanics now and um, the, the pressure and all of that stuff for years and, you know, having to spend more, you know, being pressured to spend more money and whatnot. You're not used to it.
0: And that, that's the thing.
1: That's what I'm being told. That's what I'm being told on the forums is that, uh, you know, the people that, you know, constantly stand up for this, they're saying, well, you've had to deal with it for a few years. Aren't you used to it by now? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: it's, it's becoming normal, the sadly. This
1: just, yeah, this is just the direction, right? The primary game gaming audience now, um, you know, the primary um, consumer ages are now just – mostly conditioned and manipulated to just accept it that's it and you guys can say oh well manipulate that's what it is that's they're, they are manipulating the consumer base and pressuring the consumer base to spend more money that's what gambling mechanics are so i'm not being too harsh in saying that um and they've only been ramping up as we've seen well that's and, the thing and,
0: and, yeah and, like I, said, I mean jim sterling as i said they have talked about this on many of their shows many of the, of the gym Position episodes they've talked about the gambling mechanics the they, they there are people there are just developers from the from the mobile gaming space that have that have been talking to other developers and teaching them how to how to put these mechanics into the game and it's about making you know th- there's there's footage out there of, uh, of, of some guy talking about it and he's talking about how the idea is to make people feel bad if they don't spend to feel left out to take advantage of FOMO you know it's it really is a thing and it's become the new normal and people defend the new normal, and like you say, it's been ramping up, and that's the thing, they say, well, you weren't complaining about it years ago, A, people were, and B, as the situation has gotten worse, the complaints have gotten more vocal, that's kind of how it works, and as as the situation hasn't improved, people have become more and more upset, and thus the complaints uh, are also more forceful, more (laughs) because people are more upset about it. Yeah, the conditioning is really ridiculous, and people don't see
1: it because they're conditioned. <laughs> so, like, they slowly ramped up to this. They, they they put these modes in the game. They got people enjoying my team in, like, 2K15, 16, 17. They got people, hey, let's promote the online space. Hey, let's go out and, um, you know, here, let's create your character. Hey, let's do all this stuff. And they promoted the online playability, and then slowly each year, actually really escalated in 2K18, um they they condition you to love those modes to want to play those modes to want to compete in those modes and then they said bam you want to compete well we're going to make this more grindy well here's here we're going to add all of these gambling mechanics we're going to make you um, feel pressured to spend money in order to compete oh you want to compete right away in the first month of the game you want to get on there and really have fun well you're not going to be able to anymore unless you spend countless hours on the game basically spend your life on the game in the first month um or unless you you know
0: <laughs> pony up and <laughs> your money or your yeah, life basically, basically. <laughs> what yeah, exactly highway exactly. robbery <laughs> yeah you wanna have,
1: right you want to exactly you want to have fun you want to not spend a few months you know trying to grind your player um in your busy life try to grind your player um to um be able to compete pony up spend that money and see that's what people don't understand the people that stick up for this stuff and they say well it's not mandatory um yeah they've kind of made it that way if you want to compete they they have. that's the thing
0: you you can choose not to but you are going to be choosing a more frustrating experience because that is the way it's designed again when the focus is to bilk as much money bilk and milk as much money out of the consumer base the customer base uh, with these current revenue mechanics through frustration and and grinding and and everything else, then it the focus is not on making is as fun gameplay experience as possible, and and people are, sadly, you know, as you say, they they have been conditioned. Oh, if anyone going against this is just an old head, a hater, etc. And one thing that really bothers me is that there are some content creators out there, and look, I understand there are people that have that content creation is their full time job, and that's how they make their money, whatever. But some of the people that are involved with Two K, they have contracts with Two K and you see them in the trailers for the, the my team trailers and they're opening all these all these packs and they're getting all these great plays and they're whooping it up and everything and i'm I'm looking at those trailers and i'm thinking the, the average person opening pack after pack once this game comes out is not getting all these pools and they're also not playing with house money like i guarantee that those they're just given millions of vc open and say yeah just open up 50 packs and we'll just take some highlights of you reacting to you getting a galaxy opal or a or whatever, and of course now we have so many gem levels. There's multiple versions of different players. There's about three or four different Michael Jordans already, which of different uh, skill levels. The, the Jordan that I have, the highest Jordan, the 95 overall and amethyst level, is is less than my uh, uh, Obi Topin 97 Galaxy Opal that that I just got from a locker code. And, and of course, that's the other thing. They do give away a fair amount of content for free, either either by being able to play the game and earn the cards, or through the occasional Uh, locker code which fairly frequent locker codes to be fair but it's people see that and they say oh well they're doing this so why are you complaining about the the pay to pay for advantage pay to win whatever you want to call it pay to enjoy (laughs) sometimes so so they're doing that to kind of lessen the blow but it's still an issue and you've still got people content creators pushing that and they're, they're spending thousands of dollars to open packs and it's encouraging their subscribers, yeah, that, that, they're, you know. People.
1: they're conditioning people and b two k knows what they're doing by putting those people and promoting putting them out there absolutely yeah they, uh, they know what they're doing they're making them uh, sorry for interrupting it's just that this this whole thing just is i'm kind of passionate about that it, it's people it's people being taken advantage of it is you have people like troyden um watch me spend a thousand dollars on packs, watch me spend two thousand dollars on packs, watch me spend blah 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 on packs you see those videos all the time they get. Hundreds of thousands and millions of views. You don't think that this influences and pushes kids to do the same type of thing? It's like, well, and, and the thing is, is these kids don't have that kind of money, right? Well, the parents they don't might. have that. <laughs> you know, yeah, and the parents and the parents don't have that kind of money either. It's like watching MTV Cribs and thinking that's what you're going to get,
0: mm, right? Did point, I just yeah. aged myself by saying MTV Cribs. Well, we're we're already uh, saying like grumpy old men, so we might as well.
1: <laughs> right, but it, you know, it's like watching, you know. Kim Kardashian, who again, a promoted influencer, somebody who's wearing, um, I don't know. designer clothes. The, yeah. The, Does, like, let's say designer clothes, or, clothes of some kind. Yeah, <laughs> or Prada or whatever. And she's wearing this stuff. And she's, uh, she's on there saying, oh, look at the outfit I got and blah, blah, blah. You should get this and promoting it. And it's something that like y- you would go broke trying to afford. It's conditioning it's Mm. just absolutely ridiculous but like i said they know what they're doing
0: fomo feeling bad if you can't keep up with the joneses by having all these cards and everything
1: yeah right and and you know the way it is nowadays in the height of social media the height of access a lot of these listeners look up to these influencers a lot of these Mm. these consumers a lot of these people who are eating up this content um they look up to these people the ones that are sending, you know, look at Troyden's tweets. Look at his co- the comments under his tweets. These kids really like this guy. Like they, they, they love taking you know j- taking jabs at him for fun. They joke around with him. They know him very they, like they 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 know him fairly well.
0: Popular guy. Yeah, like his content.
1: They seek his content. Yeah, they they seek out his content. They they watch every video that he posts and everything. They know what they're doing by paying these influencers they know what they do by they're doing by pushing these these people um on the masses
0: and it, and it is a shame because it does encourage people to spend uh, as much as the mechanics themselves they do and, and like you say we can people can say it's optional and it, it is it's it is optional but the, the there's a big downside to choosing not to so it's it's a choice but it's not a very good choice
1: exactly i, I mean there's there's so many different different um examples that you could use to show how the how you could say something's an option and technically not mandatory but in reality it is right like in in in, rea- in reality if you want you know the, the to be able to compete to be able to thrive to be able to um you know have the basic necessities um in a mode or anything like that um yeah you know so it, it it ends up being um somewhat mandatory so they can try to say that all they want but in a way all of that pressure the way the mechanics are set up and everything um you know i look at it as almost mandatory if you if you're somebody who definitely wants to like compete uh in those modes uh,
0: so. exactly it again it's it's almost like the closing in uh, in my career it's it's not necessary but because it's become such a, a status symbol and almost a, a makeshift way of matchmaking in the playground you kind of have to invest in the right look so it's, it's optional but there's, there's a right there's a right and a wrong choice uh, to make and, and to bring it back to the, the cards you know you mentioned earlier in the show the being able to just play like a, a bunch of centers and whatnot they did move away with that with position locks so they have tried to balance that but once again they have just released this year's first batch of out of position cards which again uh I mean they have the glitch cards before which have got the glitched abilities which is basically again super op cards but now they've brought back the out of position cards so you get the uh the point guard Jokim Noah that uh they can play at that you can set as a point guard normally if you have a Noah card you can't place him you can't stop him in a point guard you can't put him in the lineup of point guard because it's there for, for balance. So they, they implemented that because people were complaining about, oh, people are just putting all these ridiculous lineups together there with Giannis at uh, Tentacombo at point guard and everything and just really dominating and cheesing. So they, they brought in the position locks. And then within a the space of a year of, of having the position locks in, uh, I think 2K19 was the first, or was it 2K20? Within that same year, they brought the very first out-of-position cards, totally went back on that whole idea of having position locks, because you then, and then people are like, oh, well, I want to do that. I want to be able to break the game with these OP out-of-position cards. And of course, once again, lots of VC to rip open pack after pack. So not only have they broken the balance that they try to implement, but once again, they're doing it to sell more VC and, and take advantage of gamers. And, and of course, FOMO being a problem again. So it's, it's really disheartening. And it's a mode that should be a lot more fun than it should be, but because we are focusing on those recurrent revenue mechanics, it's all about making that money, and you know, making. I mean, by all means, yes, it is a business, make the money. But a that money doesn't go back into the game; it goes to the suits. It doesn't go to the hardworking developers either; it goes to the suits. It doesn't result in a better game. It doesn't result in paying the developers uh, any more money for their hard work. So all these myths about how it's necessary. For current revenue, again, Jim Sterling has talked about this and debunked this on many occasions in their videos. So you can go and watch those and see all those arguments being made uh, very eloquently by Jim. It's yeah, it's just ridiculous. People have been conditioned with these thought-terminating clichés to defend these practices, and it's a shame because if you look at it, we're not getting the fun game that we should because it's all that focuses on on this side of things, on the business side, that the suit that makes the suits happy but the actual experience suffers for it because, again, the balance has gone out because of these out-of-position players to the point where they might as well have not brought in the position locks at all. They've just gone against their own design concepts and 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 the rules of the mode, they're breaking the rules of the mode to make money and just destroy the experience. It's, yeah, it's a shame.
1: Makes you makes you think of the saying, the money, money is the root of all evil. Mm. And the reason why I say that is what happened to... Being human. What happened to the moral aspect of it? I just don't understand how. Listen, I know that these companies want to make money. I know that um, oftentimes they have pressure from outside forces as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shareholders, sponsors, all of that stuff to do a lot of these things. And I and I understand that a lot goes into making these games. But how do people sleep at night? And my, I know that sounds. Um, but you, you got to understand, this is taking advantage of people. That's just the way I look at it. Like, um, you know, how do you, you know, how do you function that way? Like, how do you be part of those, the implementing of those mechanics and those ideas um, and the conditioning aspect and, and the manipulation aspect? I just couldn't do it. I just, I don't, I don't see how any regular person on the ground with a moral compass that, you know, the strong moral compass and whatnot could could do those things. So that's why it gets really frustrating to me when um I see all this stuff and hear about it.
0: But, um, I mean, it's it kind of goes back to the the representation of the NBA. If we want to put that aside, if we want to say that realism doesn't matter because it's fantasy, if we want to say that historical accuracy doesn't matter because it's all about fun, don't take it so seriously you want to say it's a business if you want to put aside all the morality all the questions of morality and ethics and everything else it leads to weak game design the game is not designed you know, in
1: if a it, way the it, if, if that's the case andrew don't use the i'm sorry you don't use the nba don't use i mean yeah real absolutely
0: right it, right
1: yeah. i mean don't 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 disrespect the game don't don't listen if you're going to go full-blown like that fantasy and you want to even nba playgrounds and arcade games has different skills, skill sets um and um a little bit more strategy at times listen the if you if you don't want to don't don't call yourself an nba sim i'm just going to mm, put it that way don't absolutely don't use the nba don't use real players if you're going to just make a mockery of it and make a joke of it
0: it's uh, but, but, but it is yeah. but my, even if you want to put all that aside and say okay it's fantasy we're just having fun uh don't worry about the morality of this it's 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 the new normal whatever putting it all aside it's all led to an approach to the design of the mode and the implementation of ideas that's not as fun that's at least a very homogenized experience where all the cards might as well be the same there's no strategy to collect specific cards so that the mode simply is not as fun and engaging and deep as it should be and that's the bottom line
1: well andrew why don't you just not play the mode
0: a lot of people don't i
1: mean that and that's the thing yeah, but, I, I do yeah see, and that's the and the reason i ask that is because that is such a common um a common thing that people say well don't play it if you don't like it what so we're not supposed to care about the mechanics that are taking advantage of people what yeah. about caring about other humans what about caring about other people's pockets what about caring about caring about parents pocketbooks what about caring about you know the the ethics around it, it, it what about caring about your fellow gamer? what Let's about say, what, yeah what i care about the game a like yeah
0: right. what,
1: what what if you wanted to what if you had ideas to make the mode better what if you wanted to make a stand what if you wanted to have that mode th- that mode be better so you do enjoy it because you like the overall concept
0: exactly of that? this, this is something i've brought up before in my articles about the wreck and online i say even if i avoid that mode which i largely do these days i would like it to be better because i would like to consider jumping into that mode and i I occasionally still do on next gen. But even if I don't, there are other people who are very interested and still very interested and not jaded as I've become on the mode or or they're not burned out on it and they do want to enjoy it. I want it to be enjoyable for them. I don't just want it to, obviously I would like it to be enjoyable for me to consider jumping back in. But even if I never do, other people are going to and they deserve to have, they've bought the game, they've maybe pumped more money into it to upgrade their player and whatnot. And same for my team. I can avoid any mode I want. But people are going to want to play the modes. I would like to get into them, and but even if I don't, other people are going to play them, and I want those modes to be as good as they can be. Because, as you said, you can see what the concept is like, and the conceptually, fantastic ideas, and and should be more fun than they are. So that's that's what it comes down to. That again, that is the bottom line. If the mode should be better, it's about advocating for the mode to be as good as it can be, and it's it's not hating to do so.
1: Exactly, it's not hating to speak out against a practice that is obviously that obviously can cause harm it is not it is not hating to come up with ideas to better a mode to better a concept to you know etc like it's just absolutely ridiculous is what what's happened as far as the trying to the the attempts to silence you know those people who do speak up um uh, again about, the, the thought
0: know, turning the, cliches get good adjust all games have issues. You're just a hater. Shut up, old head. Th- these very these cliches that, that that don't address the argument, don't address the actual criticism. When really we should be looking at this and thinking, thinking you know, caring about our fellow gamer and saying, hey, you're right. This is a problem. You know, we, we should be calling this out. We we deserve better. We buy these games every year. We've put a lot of money into them. That they, they and, th- and these are good ideas that should be more fun than they are. And these ideas would make them better than they are. And people have kind of become very. That's- very uh complacent about it it's just mindless conditioned responses that's just the way i look at it um
1: but you know what we're lucky to have this platform i'm just going to say that where we can vent and and talk about this stuff and talk openly about this stuff and you know the nlc podcast isn't getting shut down getting shut down anytime soon um knock on wood um yep. but you know the good thing is is that we can still speak up and I, and I encourage anybody else to speak up about um, these things. And the, if you get pushed back, just continue down the appropriate road because you shouldn't be basically made to feel bad because you're calling out um, issues, whether it be from a big company, um, you know, making games like NBA two K or anything else. So speak your mind, please don't, don't be silenced or bullied by any of it.
0: There's always going to be that difficulty because whales do out outvote or certainly outspend the average gamer. And so people so 2K is going to be able to look at that revenue and say, well, well if nothing else, these people aren't spending money, but these people are making up for it. But we did notice that, that they did mention for 2K20, revenue was down. It'll be interesting to see if that happens with 2K21. There's been no reports on that yet. Either way, perhaps after the next investor call, we'll, we'll hear more again. It'll be very interesting to see if that has changed because at the time the uh, CEO did say that they were looking at ways to bring that revenue up to the shareholders. So it's going to be, uh, you know, I will be interested to see if what they've tried in 2K21, and they certainly have in certain ways, whether it's actually going to be successful. In the meantime, I would say to people, absolutely continue to speak out on these issues. I'll let your displeasure be known. If you do want to boycott the mode, boycott the mode. Certainly, if you uh, certainly avoid spending money. If you don't want to spend money, send that message. Uh, there are ways to to maximise your experience through no money spent. It does involve some grinding. It does involve putting up with some uh, some BS along the way. But if you stick to that, or indeed just boycott the mode at all, so the engagement numbers come down, we can let our voices be heard as long as we stick to our principles, as long as we speak out on these issues and say, hey this is kind of ruining the experience. You know, th- th- these cards are not as cool as you think they are. And I, th- I think a lot of sometimes people feel that way and, and people are speaking out. So we'll see.
1: Sometimes I wonder if those statements though, about we're losing money is just more of an excuse to ramp up what they're already doing.
0: So I, mean, I just, I, I, I be honest with you. sometimes yeah. I
1: wonder we don't, wouldn't we don't know it. the bottom line. Um, but I will say this, if they're, if they have lost revenue, if they have, um, you know, taken a step back in, in that regard, um, remember, there's an the NBA is behind NBA 2K21. The NBA NBA is right in the name, and the product isn't exactly smoking hot right now. I just want to point that out. NBA the the NBA basketball product right now is pretty bad, in my opinion. It's, it's just not enjoyable to watch. Um, not a different down. lot of not a lot of personalities in the league. Um, ratings have plummeted uh, on the NBA. So if if it were um, my guess would be is if, if their revenue is down, people need to remember that the NBA, you know, is tied to NBA 2K21. I mean, it's right in the name. So I wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with it. But I, I, don't, I don't know what I can trust anymore. I got to be honest with you. You know, they, they can come out and say that and they can use that as an excuse to ramp up the gambling mechanics even more.
0: So unfortunately, I don't think anything is going to change in the short term, but uh, just because it's it's not i mean it, it's difficult not to be disheartened obviously but with that being said don't vote with your wallet speak your mind and and look if the, if the mode isn't fun as sometimes it's not and, and because it, these designs it is a weaker design because of this approach by by all means uh, take a step back it's what i've done with online in the i've taken the break from my career i, I played every now and again and jump online just to see what it's like but i i've really scaled back on that i i have played my team but when that's getting frustrating i i take a break and say well that's it's not very fun at the moment if the game as a whole is not feeling fun i'll, I'll take a break and i'll play an old game i'll play nba live 2001 why not no microtransactions there so i've already paid for that um, a few times for a di- few different versions in fact so speak your mind and speak with your wallet absolutely um
1: no i'm glad we talked about this i know that this started out as like a my team um discussion but i think we kind of got our feelings out about that early on um I think that it's it's impossible to not dive deep into the pressure the um the gambling aspects um people's wallets all of that stuff it's almost impossible not to dive deep into that when you bring up my team
0: it, it permeates so, the game a lot these days since the advent of virtual currency and the, and the move not just in 2k and of course that's what again it comes back to the excuse people make it's the dumb thing sadly and that is a sad reality but you know that, that is a problem and people are speaking out on it and it's it, we shouldn't just accept that because it's we are consumers at the end of the day and we do deserve to ask value for money so don't don't fall for the people that are saying that you're whiners and you're whinges and you're uh, spoiled and everything else and all these other thought and cliches to shut down your very valid criticisms of the game even if it's just talking about put aside all of the recurrent revenue mechanics talk even if it's just a gameplay issue or a mode issue, a bug that's been in the game for five years or a, a gameplay mechanic that's problematic. You know, don't, don't let somebody saying, using thought turning cliches like get good or you're a whinger or you're a whiner or you're a hater or an old head or anything else. Put that all aside. If you have a valid criticism, put it out there.
1: Exactly. Yeah, don't be silenced. Um, speak up. I do want to make a point too really quick before we exit this segment. You brought up Legend, Legends Pool. NBA 2K... Has done a great job of at least putting, but, but there's a there's a catch to this, a good job of putting all time teams, um, classic teams, um, classic players to be able to be used in in um, offline. Um, they've done a great job as far as allowing the import export player DNA feature, roster sharing, all of when it works, uh, um, all of that stuff. Like that content is in the offline mode. But the catch is, and I've talked about this on multiple threads, they don't, similar to my team, but almost in the opposite, because they underdo the players by uh, a big portion. But they do copy and spreadsheet ratings, tendencies, signatures. They don't pay proper attention to those teams. The signatures are all messed up. They don't shoot like themselves. They don't play like themselves, all of that stuff. So they can have that content in there, but oftentimes it feels very empty in an so um it's another thing that's a selling point for them that i think doesn't have a lot of how do i say good it will. doesn't have a lot of no good <laughs> goodwill thank you right hey guys you can use all these classic teams hey guys we have all-time teams hey guys this guy is in the game blah, blah blah all of that stuff um it's a good thing for marketing for them. They can say, hey, we have all of this content. We have the most content, all of this stuff. But when a lot of it is just throwing crap against the wall and hoping it sticks and that people don't point out all of the ridiculous flaws or don't notice all the flaws, um, not educated enough to see all the flaws. Or behind cetera, paywall. They don't know what's hurting, right, or putting them behind the paywall um, or hurting their experience, all of that stuff. Then qu- how good is that content? Or is it just another marketing strategy? So I just wanted to point that out because I remember you mentioning um, Legends Pool.
0: Yeah, so. and it, it, it's all part of, the, as you like to say, uh, the bigger picture that people don't consider. The, you look at the minutia. oh, look, they've got these plays in the game. Yes, but. And it's it's the but that we have to look at that is uh, that is the problem. But uh, I do thank uh, Kid Cash for bringing that, that, up that issue on Twitter. It, it's something that uh, I've noticed him mentioned before absolutely agree as i said i wrote that article last year the dumbing down of my team i invite you to go back and check that out as well as my uh it's business is no excuse also another monday tip-off article where i go into that side of things again yeah it's just too many excuses uh, and it's a shame because there are so many good aspects to 2k that uh, that we will very happily acknowledge that conceptually these modes are fantastic a lot of great ideas there a lot of great content but the approach uh the approach directly something to be desired and, and that is a shame
1: you ever think that um, that people from 2K listen to this show at times, or, or they've listened to an episode or anything, and they're just like, "F these guys." I've thought about that. Like, there's no way. That... Oh,
0: well, I'm, I'm sure we've burned bridges, and look, we've tried to be respectful, I, same as my articles. But it's at some point, what what am, what am I going to do? Are we are we going to uh, are we going to kiss ass and pretend these problems don't exist and not stand for their fellow gamers, or are we going to advocate for our fellow gamers? Look i'd love to have exclusives and all kinds of you know i'll happily work with 2k and and live and, and ea as well as long as we don't have to shill uh, to shill for them but i'm not going to we're not going to be sellouts like that so if it comes down to we don't get those exclusives but we're being honest with ourselves our audience and advocating for our fellow gamers the latter i believe is the the way to go that is the moral standing and that's what i prefer helps me sleep at night yeah
1: that's the thing. Yeah, I, I'm exactly the same way. Um, I thought. I mean, I, I
0: would, but we're recording this podcast at uh, two in the morning, my time, and I've had an energy drink, so I won't sleep anyway. But it it, it has nothing to do with my conscience. It's the uh, it's the energy drink.
1: <laughs> right, and the thing is, is that this doesn't just go for basketball, video games. Um, I encourage those out there um, who maybe I don't know they they think something's too big to fight. Um, they 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 feel like they're getting bullied. Um, they feel like um, they'll be an outcast if they speak up about something. Um, If you believe strongly in something um, and you've done the appropriate research and um, you want to help your fellow human, listen, speak up. Bottom line, speak up. Um, Stand up, stand your ground, speak up, and um, be a good human. Be a good person. And um, I know that sounds a little bit deeper. We're talking about basketball, video games, but there's a bigger
0: there's there's just a bigger, bigger picture
1: there's a bigger picture
0: here so with virtual hardware and beyond it's uh uh keep that uh mo- that morality in mind and keep your fellow man and uh, keep your fellow human being in mind shall we say but uh, it, it's always hard to talk about these issues uh, whether it's on the podcast or in articles uh that uh, we're, it, it feels like you're beating a dead horse but these are ongoing issues so it is it important that we uh, advocate for them and uh it, it's fun now as we we reach the mailbag our uh, one of our favorite segments one of our favorite things to do on the nlc podcast we we're probably going to touch on that again because it is a, again a recurring issue recurrent revenue a recurring issue itself in uh in, in gaming but as we get to the mailbag this week and uh, and once again uh, derek shout out to everybody who uh, submits uh topic suggestions or questions to the mailbag because uh, we do love this segment
1: we're getting great questions every week Oh yeah! Um, I just thank the listeners, um, and these are well thought out questions, um, and topic suggestions and whatnot. Uh, I just I really appreciate it, and it's a lot of fun.
0: So our first uh, topic this week comes from Mace One Point Five K at King J Mace on Twitter. He's a uh, modder and enthusiastic two K gamer. Uh, brings up the idea of uh, Blacktop mods and how two K can put emphasis on Blacktop again as a whole, and this is going to tie back into what we've just been. Uh, some would say bitching, I, th- I think we are advocating for the whole issue with recurrent revenue mechanics, is that a mode like Blacktop, again, like a Legends pool, like my league, like my NBA, like a historical challenge mode like the Jordan Challenger, or NBA's greatest, no longer becomes a priority because it doesn't make money. There's no VC involved. Uh, Blacktop, in, in fact, I think Blacktop was a way of making VC and I think they've nerfed it even, which was a, that's a whole other issue. But to make blacktop more relevant again and i know of course uh you know, Sming, john was a big advocate for blacktop and, and a big fan of that mode over the years and it, it's not a mode that i've spent a lot of time with but i i have played it and i do see the value in it and and it can be used for modding you know we, we can you can make the uh it can be used for the big three mods you know big the big three league you know that it's a great uh way of incorporating that and Without, with that in mind, how can we make Blacktop more relevant when a lot of people are going online, Derek, for the playground, which is now the, the more advanced version of Blacktop to, in many ways?
1: Yeah, I was about to say that. I mean, that's that's the real reason, in my opinion. Um, mm. Like you say, it's kind of a money-driven, you know, get people online approach. Um, again, um, they, they want people online playing in the park as opposed to... Um, offline playing blacktop because where's the extra income they can make by people playing blacktop offline. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a mode that I jump into that often. And the reason is, is because when I think of um, when I think of blacktop, I think NBA street. Um, I think of loose playground gameplay. And um, I, I don't look at NBA 2K as feeling very, it Still has a sim street call, it street it's not, call, yeah. yeah, it's and um, I also never, I don't really find the black top fun because it's not it, like the same mechanics that are that bother me that are in the game for five on five are almost magnified in one on one or like in a black top mode, hmm. um, because the the constant being sucked into the defender the um the lack of control the um heavily heavy animations ham um, the canned animations all of that stuff feels even worse in Blacktop for me um so I think the gameplay has to suit the mode um as far as what you could do with Blacktop um you know you remember games like um, like NBA All Star Challenge that had like all the the different modes they had one on one they had free throw they had all of that stuff you know I think about a concept like that um if they wanted to enhance blacktop wouldn't it be cool to have like knockout in there um, Mini maybe games, you yeah. have uh, you have uh king of the court stuff like that um I think that that would be great for that mode, and I think that people would um, get a kick out of out of it and then obviously with no money, let like, not say you know don't put know a cost on the mode but make it so it's online playable and you know you can play knockout with other people you can play king of the court with other people etc i think that um that would be really cool i mean hell they could even put like in the blacktop if they wanted to they could put like some sort of a you know three point contest or horse or or something like that i just um there is still a lot they could do with um with that mode uh and i i think i see what he's saying is it's become kind of an afterthought
0: it definitely has because it is it doesn't make yeah. money and, and i agree you know that that's where my my mind went as well because back in the day that's where you had the dunk contest the sprite dunk contest as part of black top and three-point shootout you can absolutely do that remember the legends showcase dlc for 2k12 bring in horse as you say bring in those other uh, you know drill-based mini games that you can have in that mode expand upon that and and that that could be a way to train people and and to uh to sharpen skills to sharpen stick skills that so you could say hey you know not just 2KU but you can go to this fun environment of blacktop i mean 2KU is effective but it's also you know it's MBA based which which i like i like that but at the same time you can also put if you put people in mini games where they can sharpen their skills maybe they can earn some vc as well maybe they can unlock some content if you connect it to those online modes or my team, maybe if you go through a blacktop challenge, you can unlock some street versions of players for my team. If you give people a reason to play that mode, either a practical reason as far as um, sharpening sc- stick skills as I said, or if you can unlock content or earn VC, then you know so much the better. The other way you could do it because pe- uh, people are gravitating towards my career and and the connected modes particularly the playground in this in this case which has replaced blacktop as far as that uh streetball experience what if blacktop was more of a, of a practice mode for the online modes what if blacktop was a way again to sharpen skills in that playground environment to take your my player in there against some some you know cpu players and to be able to sharpen your skills in that environment and maybe level up a bit before you go online you could implement what? it that way you know connect it <laughs>
1: how many how these kids come up right a lot of these guys i mean they're not playing aau i don't think these kids are coming up the same way we we did really sure um but you know what a cool concept would be and i was just thinking about this and you could implement it um similar to what you were talking about as well if you wanted to even add more onto it you know put courts in blacktop that these nba players um current and past played at they talk they talk about it in the documentaries um you know dickham park um is is one where uh, i think dickman dickham uh, dickman park Di- yeah dykeman park or whatever yeah you know the parks like dykeman park um you know, park. yeah but like even but not even just the big ones like places where um some of the players, you know, grew up playing and all of that stuff. They've told their story and everything. Um, maybe it's not a big park. Maybe it was, um, you know, not as popular of a park that they played at. Um, get that story, you know, put that art in there. Get that court in there. Hey, do you want to play on Kobe's court where he grew up playing? Hey, do you want to, you know, go uh, play on Michael Jordan's playground court? Do you want to go, you know, etc. That would be really cool, like, to add that. And don't you think that would be a big draw? to that mode as well if you were saying hey play on the court that Kyrie irving played on growing up
0: sure or I mean, in the same that, that was Kyrie nba street there. court basically like,
1: yeah right um so but this isn't even saying that you have to do anything crazy as far as like um art or anything it's just saying you know get those courts in the game and have them as choices and title them with the nba player like i think that would be cool like i um that that would make me jump on that mode every now and then
0: if if there was a black top challenge, and if it was if you could use that to maybe again earn some my team cards or earn extra VC or, or or something, you know if if you could take your my player into that challenge and use that as an extra way to level up, to then take them online in the playground in the you know the wider uh, online scene, I th- I think if you could connect it to those modes and have a tangible reward and and a reason for people to check out those modes to make them relevant and to to connect them to something that 2k does care about you could make them relevant again absolutely
1: yeah and uh there's just a lot that you could do with it and i think it is a good question i have to give 2k credit on some things like they came full force with the wnba right Mm -hmm. yeah the wnba put in the game accurate cyber faces good atmosphere Um, They play different than the men's game, um, et cetera, as far as like pace and all of that stuff. They did a good job with differentiation overall. Um, They have a separate commentary crew for the WNBA. Um, They, you know, they went hard with that. They gave you a WNBA season mode. Still lacks a little bit of a customization, but still it's in there. And they did a much better job than EA Sports did. Now, Mm -hmm. though, they need to be. Congrat! they they need to be given credit for the stuff that they've done well like we've talked about them the my league um customization the being able to um you know create your jerseys and this has been in the game now for years being able to create your jerseys customize your court customize the doorness customize the jumbotron customize the stand color um customize the arena all of that stuff um, you know, import your own logos. There's now a database and for good or for work, for or for bad, as you've mentioned before, where you can, you know, download your logos. Um, you can put them on different spots on the floor, um, et cetera. You, you can create retro season um, content and now share that, those seasons with other people. Like, they need to be given credit for that stuff. So as much as we complain about some of the, the stuff that they do, and, and rightfully so, it's not like we're haters on everything great right? words too absolutely uh, right so the point of this the point that i'm saying is blacktop i think has taken a step back as far as priorities a major step back as far as priorities since online play the park all of that stuff and the wnba and all the extra content that they put on top of it that they're trying to promote i think that that's um and obviously the online modes are trying to get people on too in order to you know spend more money um has kind of made blacktop take a step back
0: because it's not
1: priority anymore
0: you know you brought up nba live obviously they've got court battles that's something they added in live 19 that's an idea that you could possibly have for for blacktop and again you could implement that with the online scene where you collect players to to uh have your to have have that whole court battles idea in blacktop there's a lot of ways that you could have that revamped Uh, While still having that uh, traditional exhibition experience on the blacktop, so there's a lot lot of ways you could still make that relevant and connected to the online modes. As I say, kind of have a make it a a practice, a preparation uh, arena for the playground for the online modes. You know, whether you're going up against CPU players, but just just being able to grind up a player a little bit, little another way to just grind up some VC and badge progress offline would would be a way. I mean, you have to figure out ways so that it's not exploited. But just as a basic idea, you could certainly have it that way. The other part that Banks brought up is, of course, modding and blacktop mods. Again, you can have your big three leagues. You can have your NBA street mods uh, and use blacktop mode as, as a way to have um, to really have that right environment for it. So I, I think that's it still has value in those respects for, for sure. It'd be nice if there was some kind of campaign mode that you could have. If you could, ha- as you say, unlock different courts. But as far as modding. Uh, to mod in some of those courts like a, a rucker park or, or Dyckman park or or C- uh, seattle pacific uh, university all all those kinds of things that we've seen in, in nba live or nba street and etc then i think you can definitely make use of blacktop to have those experiences so it, it's it has the fact that it's still in the game it, it does give it use but but unfortunately yes it uh, it without that focus without those extra modes without a campaign mode etc it, it does limit you have to kind of imagine some of these things with modes uh, as as far as mods go to kind of create your own mode with a mod so to speak but i think there's value in that experience as long as it's in the game you, you can it's it's there to manipulate the mechanics to a certain extent so it, it's it's there to take advantage of and i, I think people should but but i, I think people are gravitating towards this online modes so it is harder to get people really interested in blacktop without some extra incentives, so it's it's understandable.
1: Modding is limited in a major way because they don't have multiple venues for you to customize. Um, that's one of the things in my opinion. They if, if they had, let's say, eight courts that separate venues, different courts, different scenery, all of that stuff, and you could mod um, those eight courts, I think that you'd see more people modding blacktop mode um, but they don't have enough options there's not enough things to customize and you can't add multiple venues um, to that mode so that that makes it incredibly limited um, as far as what you can do and um, I, I think that alone um, adding that type of thing and, and by the way what would be great is these modders are ridiculously talented I can't get over some of the stuff that they're able to do If they had multiple um, options in blacktop hell you there's people that could probably turn those outdoor courts into stadiums or indoor courts and stuff like that these these modders are just ridiculous they can do basically whatever they want with the game as given they have the base to be able to do it
0: i know i know the goods tg so good in a forum has made a lot of blacktop mods like that where they've actually you know he's he's actually taken Stadiums and arenas and so forth and made different outdoor settings and so forth. So there's definitely that creativity there, and you are limited by, as you say, not being able to switch. And there's been a very few games where you can. I think I'm thinking back. Live 2003, of course, you could select from a few different one-on-one arenas. But and, and those, those again, those options are things that we've lost as we've gone to that towards that online, uh, the, the online setting. But th- we are still seeing that creativity. In our modding community, but it, but as you say, it is limited by the, the lack of in-game switching. Because certainly you can switch outside, and if you're used to using mods, and we, we talked about using mods and creating mods last week, there, there's still that lack of convenience, and, and there's much to be said for convenience.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. The the bait having for for modders having the base art in there is important, but having it's not. It goes beyond having the base art. It's having um the functionality that you wouldn't be able to change if it wasn't there. And an example of that is, you know, the ability to add teams that are not, this is one of my limitations with 2K17. It's why I only have 50 new classic teams as opposed to more and why I'm hesitating on reaching a, um, you know, being able to release a V4 with more teams. I can't create new team slots because the game will not allow it it will crash it so i can't go into cheat engine and say hey this is how many teams that the game has this is how many teams that can be unlocked um, i can't add more teams into my roster and that's the similar issue that you can have with blacktop modding um, is if they don't give you more than one court to mod you can't add courts. If there's no courts to unlock that are already in the game's base, you can't add courts.
0: Hmm.
1: So replace, yeah. They, I don't care. And that's why a game like, and I, I brought up this game a couple times, Tennis Elbow for the PC had the capability. When you put, put on this game and it has no mods in it, it is the most vanilla game you've ever seen. It is the most basic game you have ever seen. But what you can do with Tennis Elbow is, add all the arenas add the all the players edit the animations you can you can add whatever you want to the game you can turn a completely bland basic game into this unbelievably realistic tennis experience um with real arenas real arenas real sponsors real scoreboards all of that stuff um the game allows you to do that it has those pieces in place for you to do it but with a mode like blacktop on nba 2k if you can't add over a top the court that they have in there you're just incredibly limited and that's the
0: problem in in some respects when it comes to modding we've talked about this before you're limited by imagination at a certain point though you are limited by the game and what what you can technically feasibly do to the files of the game Um, and and then that's when you have to take that imagination and work within those confines And, and certainly people do some amazing things again what uh, what the goods what Tigi So Good has done with some of those outdoor arenas and nighttime settings and all kinds of stuff for Blacktop you can check those out in the download section of course you know they're fantastic but again you can't switch them in game you have to uh, change the files in and out which is not difficult but again it's less convenient than being able to ha- have multiple options to cycle between in the games so I-, I can see why people are a bit down on it but when it comes to Blacktop in general uh, modding it's certainly cool to see. But as far as making it relevant again, we also have to, with our suggestions, work within the confines of again what 2K is focusing on, which is profits, recurrent revenue, and and that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. So whatever we suggest has to be not not just technically feasible, but also appealing to them and something that they can sell to the suits and say, hey, we can actually utilize this in a way that's that you're going to give a damn about, <laughs> quite frankly. So. I think it's important also I and mean, we talked about speaking our minds as, as we often do but when we do make these suggestions I think sometimes we have to obviously think about what would appeal to us but how do we sell it to 2k and, and for that matter take two and their suits I mean the developers I'm sure would hear these ideas and, and think hey we'd love to do it but can we sell it to our bosses to the suits who are, who are ultimately calling the shots so if we can put it forward these ideas forward in a way that's going to make sense to the, the parent company to take to as much as the developers sometimes that's something to, that's that's something to keep in mind as well
1: it's really tough um but i guess the only encouragement i can give is to I um, mean, advice i just advice i guess is be detailed um explain um like you had stated the benefits and try to get that message out there <laughs> <So> on <laughs> all of the platforms um in a way sell the mode exactly yeah. um sell sell um you know what it could you know this is what it could do for you um this is what it's going to do for the consumers and put it out there and that's the best you can do and it, it's it's tough you know in all fa- again we're, we're not just talking about basketball here we're talking about in life in general um you know you have people on like and this is true people you could have somebody with a great idea an absolutely great idea and you can post it say on twitter And you can tag all the appropriate, um, parties and it could get say, I don't know, 10 likes (laughs) and they could just ignore you. Um, and nobody would really see that, that idea you had, but somebody like Britney Spears has 56 million followers on Twitter. If she posts something complete, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on one person. I'm just making a point. If she posted a, um, Just completely mindless take that really um, didn't have any substance whatsoever. Just 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 some silly take. It gets millions upon millions upon millions of impressions and and loaded with interaction and all of this stuff. It's hard to fight that. If I yeah, if you you don't have that
0: audience, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I, you
1: don't have that audience. That's the point. Britney Spears might not be the best example, but it, big picture-wise, this is, goes for everything. So if I, I have roughly 1,700 followers on my um, Twitter, if I post an idea and I tag all the developers and all of that stuff, and le- le- that idea, may, maybe it makes, I don't know, 1,000 to 1,500 impressions, gets a couple comments, and gets about 20 likes, but then one of these YouTube influencers for um, NBA 2K that they pay to put out this content or encourage to put out this content and they promote them and that person has hundreds of thousands of followers I'm screwed right if it's a if that that person is going to get possibly millions of impressions or hundreds of thousands of impressions and their take no matter how mindless it is is going to blow mine away as far as exposure that's why it's tough because
0: it's really hard to
1: fight in basketball gaming and whatnot or otherwise it is very very hard to combat the influencers and the people that um are putting information out there with really high follower counts because Uh, they're not always right they're not coming up with the great ideas oftentimes it's a hot take and oftentimes it's just garbage
0: bigger audience wins bigger audience wins over over uh the point that's being made unfortunately right And that
1: sounds really negative of me that sounds terribly negative to me, but that's the way it is at the height of access, right? Now.
0: We've talked about the this of on holding court. when it comes to basketball takes. Who's got the blue right. tick? Who's got the audience? And it it doesn't matter sometimes who makes the best point, but who can make the loudest point and who can who can sick their audience on a smaller voice, you know, or a smaller audience. So it, it yeah, it, it's unfortunate, but with that being said uh, you know thank you mace for the the question thank you for your mods thank you for the work you're doing in the community uh really great to see keep it up i mean by all means bring attention to blacktop mode with those mods uh, and that'd be cool as well
1: yeah definitely keep doing what you're passionate about and keep speaking up about it and if you believe in something um you know a mode or a functionality wish the game had um kind of do what we're doing on the nlsc you know with, the, yeah. with this podcast with this podcast we've we've brought up what we think live should be doing um when they come back what they should have done in the past we talk about how that they could better run live ultimate team um stuff that they've taken out of the game that we wish was back in the game you know we bring this stuff up because we want it back in the game and we think that it would help people we think it would not only help us but it would help other people so and, and yeah, and we, lose nothing.
0: we lose nothing but, by bringing it up that's the thing you know
1: it's we lose nothing right exactly in fact if anything we lose more of something by not bringing it up indeed right because i that's the way i look at it because it really helps being able to vent and being able to um you know it, it helps with peace of mind to be able to voice to have a voice to be able to speak up and in all of that stuff so yeah i'm glad we talk about it
0: As we advocating it for our fellow gamers is, is, is what, what we should be doing so uh, and thank you right. once again to uh, to Mace for that question and again for the the mods keep up the great work. We're going to finish on a uh, another interesting and fun one here. As always, we get some great questions and topic suggestions, and please keep them coming. Podcast at mb-live.com, or indeed through our the forum or the social media channels, the NLSC on Facebook and Twitter. We will remind everybody of that at the end of the show, of course. This comes from our good friends Josh and Dave Nemo Gameo which is uh, namo underscore o on both uh, instagram and twitter uh, asks uh, have you seen trash talk as an in-game feature any examples of it used well and would we implement a trash talk sort of system in a game very fun idea of course trash talk being a well it used to be a part of, uh, of basketball now it's an automatic technical for just rolling your eyes but that's a uh, maybe a topic for holding court derek but uh yeah i i do have an idea of how it's kind of been implemented before but before i bring that up i wanted to throw it over to you can you think of a game that's had a trash talk mechanic or or something that's kind of along the lines of a trash talk mechanic and uh yeah in in all the games that you've played
1: uh some of the um past football games have um uh, nfl blitz i believe did i think there was a couple from the uh late 90s and stuff that i remember distinctly playing an nfl game uh with uh a friend of mine at the time and they had comments like yo mama's boy and stuff like that and the players um that's specifically one of them players like um you know talking crap to each other and whatnot
0: um i I, I I also i remember playing chatter because we've seen that actually going back and playing live 2001 you might have heard that line if you if you played the one-on-one mode there, you might have heard some of the players yell at i've got more game than ea sports which is kind of cheesy but i love it (laughs) um but well they probably do now (laughs) <laughs> um but, but i mean um, i mean the, the player chatter has often been a thing and we still do hear that but as far as like an interactive mechanic where you can actually trash talk and like initiate trash talk we haven't seen as much of that but can you recall any specific examples of it
1: um, um I, i'm gonna go for basketball it's it's tough i, I want to go to a couple mechanics that i think that could work in um in basketball games, I think, I want to say NBA Live 19 was, they were thinking about it or they had tried something like this, but they have a thing where when you score a touchdown um, or make a big play in Madden where you have an option to taunt mm-hmm. or to show off, um, etc. cetera, um, you have an option, it gives you an option, spike the ball, um, taunt, uh, show off, all of that stuff. So that is in some of the football games. And that's in the, the now Madden. Like the, the like the now mads etc. Um, I do want to go back to this really quick because I mentioned this on a past podcast. I myself got a technical file because on NBA Two K fourteen because I had my connect on and I said the f word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it caught me and gave me a technical file, which I thought was an interesting concept, but also creepy. And I turned it off immediately. <laughs> yeah. um, the fact that the game could pick up on that but as far as like basketball games that have taunting there's always been player chatter in fact there's a player chatter setting in the um games settings um where you can turn it up or down yep yep so there's always been player chatter but the chatter is is really reduced to play calling and 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 saying things like you know slip the screen or screen or blah 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 and stuff and stuff like that not really so much taunting um so yeah i'm having trouble actually thinking of a basketball title that implemented taunting but if they wanted to um like taunting and trash talk if they wanted to do something like that technically they could do what madden's doing and have it so maybe a small pop-up which i would hate this but a small pop-up comes up on the screen after a play or a dunk that says you can taunt um, or trash talk, uh, or maybe there's something in the controls in the control functionality that says, hold this button down and push this button in order to initiate trash talk. Like there's, I mean, they could technically implement it pretty easily, I would think, um, but it would probably be kind of lame trash talk because everything is censored now.
0: <laughs> it, so. it, com- it comes <laughs> down to, I mean, the NBA has never been a fan of having technicals in the game. It's always had to be the uh, calling it calling it a, te- a timeout with none left. You know that kind of technical foul. Or again, they, they implemented, as you said, I, I love that you brought that up. The, the swearing if you had a, a microphone connected, a connect, for example. Uh, I actually that, that was one of the things that brought uh, Leftos to uh, to ks attention is that he made a he a hack for that if you had a microphone for i think 2k12 2k13 he actually created a mod for the pc version that if you attached a microphone and you and you it had, he used some voice recognition software and actually pr- prompted that he made a, a mod that replicated that connect feature on pc and that very much impressed uh 2k as as you know rightfully so so you know that that shows the creativity and of leftos as a programmer and you know why he's Absolutely deserves to be, you know, working at two K these days, and, and Miley and Wade such a such a benefit. Asking, yeah,
1: asking for a tech. That's I thought Rasheed Wallace was the only one that
0: did that. Yeah, that's right. But it but <laughs> the fact the fact that he was able to bring that uh, t- that functionality in that was was a very impressive bit of programming on his part. I just want to throw that out there. That that is kind of one of the few examples. But I'm glad you also brought up the Madden example as well, because NBA Live does kind of have that, in so much as you have the celebration kind of taunts and celebrations after the baskets that they have in the one where by flicking the stick up left or right you can uh, appeal to the crowd or hype up your teammates or or celebrate or right kind that's of, what i was taunt. thinking okay. yeah. yeah so you've yeah, kind of got a taunt system and of course in pro wrestling games there is very much a taunt system as well but as far as basketball yes you do have it in live 19 and it's not the first time that a basketball game has done that and not the first time an ea basketball game has done that Recently, I've been looking back at the uh, March Madness and NCAA basketball games uh, from EA for way back Wednesday, because of course it was March Madness, and which has just concluded with uh, the Baylor Bears winning the NCAA tournament, of course. But as of March Madness 08, and it was also in 07, there was the intensity meter and, and also the uh, composure mechanic, and by pressing L1 on defense... You're actually able to taunt opponents, rile up the crowd, encourage teammates, or just hype yourself up. So, the the taunting of the teammates was kind of like a trash talk mechanic, and that would change the composure and the intensity level of the game. And that would depend. That would also then affect uh, gameplay mechanics like your shooting percentages and and intensity on defense and things like that, and the flow of the game. So we've kind of had that. Not specifically trash-talking as such. I mean, there's no kind of like adventure game uh, speech trees or like a Fallout conversation system. So there's no kind of really trash-talk as such. But we've kind of had it in those taunts and celebrations as of Live 19, but we saw that in March Madness as well. So that's my that's the, the closest I think we've come to it. Now, would there be? I, I do think it comes down to the NBA. The NBA is very... Uh, particular about what goes into games understandably so they've got their image they want to protect and and project so you know i I don't think we'd ever see it fully but uh, you know as you said i think it would be through this system again what kind of having that taunt system you know it pops up during certain situations do you choose you know a a, a certain taunt or something you could kind of have a trash talk system I, i think it would work better and i think the nba would be more open to it in like a street game or an nba jam situation an arcade game more than a sim game because you have that that uh, you have the freedom to have a bit more personality to your to the players in that game, in their style of gameplay
1: let's be honest everything and and by the way this is honest you guys know it but this is not a hot take everything is basically made to be soft and sensitive now <laughs> It's just the way it is in the world, right? Right? Right now, uh, you know, you're getting technical. Fi- Draymond Green got a technical foul, foul, uh, technical foul in the NBA for talking to his teammate, <laughs> yeah, and, re- and slightly raising his voice.
0: His teammate, teammate, not even opponent.
1: Teammate to his teammate. Um, the NBA has gone incredibly soft. You can't look at the ref. Now, I mean, we've seen technicals this year where a guy looked at the ref and he got a technical for yeah. looking. The, the ref didn't like the way he looked at. Him, so he got a technical. Um, the NBA um, incredibly it's discouraged um, discourages trash talking that filters down um, to the way our youth handle these sports as well it infiltrates the lower levels, um, et cetera. Trash talk is not what it used to be. Let's put it that way, and that would be a discouraging um, factor um, as far as putting these mechanics into the games. I mean if they implemented them, uh, they could say something they could put something on there like get that out of here. But if you think about it, players have been being given technicals constantly for far less. If you say get that out of here, if you have that KG get that out of here <laughs> statement like in the NBA now, you might get a technical. In fact, I can guarantee you in most cases you're going to get a technical by just saying something simple and innocent like get that out of here. I mean,
0: even, uh, even by the late so, even by the late 90s doing the Mutombo finger wag, you had to be careful about remember Michael Jordan very infamously got teed up after he wagged the finger at Matumbo uh, after he dunked on him. Totally worth it, oh, by the yeah. way. You know. So. Yeah, and Matumbo himself
1: started getting teed up for it. So what he did in oh seven oh eight was I was watching a game from that season where Yao Ming was missing, so Matumbo had to play bigger minutes. It was Rockets versus Nuggets during that season, and Matumbo blocked a few shots in that game at age forty. He just he still was doing it. He blocked a shot and he turned to the
0: crowd. The crowd, yes. That-
1: yeah, as opposed to the player, because if he had done it to the player, he would have gotten a T. So they've been cracking down on this for a while, and this is by far the most they've cracked down on it that I've seen in the NBA this year. So personally, I don't think they're going to include something like that for the NBA portion of the game because the
0: in real life they don't allow it. Mm, so exactly, they're not going to yeah. allow
1: you to do that,
0: right? So. I, I would also say, you know, I think it's an interesting idea. Uh, certainly, and we've we've seen a variation of it with the the taunt slash celebration systems in Madden and, and even NBA Live nineteen, and, and going back to the intensity and composure mechanics in March Madness about ten, eleven, twelve years ago. It it seems less likely in the sim games. I think there's more room for it in a game like maybe an Ultimate Rivals that's coming out, of course. Especially since they're adding some wrestlers to that game. Uh, I, I think we could see it. Um, The the question is would would we do it and and I think I would more restrict it, especially since it's not really a big part of the 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 game these days. I I would restrict it to maybe a sim game. I I mean, you know, since Josh and Dave are listening, would you add that to a a game that doesn't use real players, like a basketball classics? Would some kind of trash talk system appeal to you there?
1: I think I think it makes sense. Um, I I think I would still like it. Again, it's it could possibly be risky to do in this climate where people, I've said this again, and this is true, you know, where trash talking isn't what it used to be, where people are conditioned to play the game a different way and, and act a different way. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I, I want to say what a cool mechanic would be. And I think you would agree in a game where it, it, let's say it was down the stretch and, you had the ability you, you sent the opponent to the free throw line in a close game that you had the ability to have your guy walk up to the guy at the line and maybe say a few words like he's going to miss the free throw or something like that um and then if he makes the free throw he can yell something out like ball don't lie um yeah <laughs> but if he misses it but if he misses it you you've been justified in walking up to him there's so many different things you could do that would be
0: like cool you could i mean it could definitely be very pg which is what an e10 game is going to be and i think in a game like a basketball classics it could be fun and comical i mean trash talk does not need to be uh, kg talking about honey nut cheerios for example and people can look <laughs> people can look that up if they want the full context of that right it could be um, something and it's like get that out of here like absolutely I said, it something- and it can be light-hearted and comical and, and and definitely part of a game if the nba doesn't want to allow it you can have it in a game like uh or you know like ultimate rivals like basketball classics like like uh um uh, like dunk lords or something. You can you can have you can have that mechanic in there that maybe hypes up a a special meter or or, or unlocks certain abilities or or changes mo- or adjusts the morale and momentum you know a, a morale or momentum mechanic. If you've got that in the game, you could definitely use trash talk in that sense, or even if it's just a comical way of getting a cutscene or, or or something. And of course, there, there are no fouls in basketball classics, so there's no free throws. So it's it's kind of do you have a penalty for it or is it just for flavor? And I think there is actually a benefit to having flavor content in basketball games. It's what some of the things that have made basketball games so much fun over the years, especially arcade games. So I think you could have it in there as just some kind of flavor content or, you know, it's comical or you can just do it, you know, just to, especially if you're, you know, we talked about local multiplayer last week. You know, just so that you can hit that button and, and taunt your opponent sitting next to you on the couch or, or online. That you could just throw out an insult that's that's PG, but it's it's comical and it's funny and it's comical and funny. There you go. But you know, it's it's lighthearted and 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 just kind of a, a you know a a lighthearted jab. You know, you you could definitely include that in a certain game. Maybe the NBA is not going to be happy about it in a sim game, so you don't do it there. But you could definitely have that mechanic. I I think I would. There are other things that I would add to the game before that it's kind of like create a chant although that, that wasn't much madness as well or incidentally no sorry not not no, that was actually uh, college Troops 2k7 and 2k that was in i mean there are things that you could add to the game when there's not much else to add and, and i think maybe that's where you would maybe add it to a uh, to an arcade game like that but at the same time there are things that i would add before a trash talk uh, system but i also like the idea as far as having it being you know being able to make those lighthearted jabs at an opponent
1: i can't remember the game um, uh, but you remember when it was cool and popular to say cookies when you stole the ball, Because like their, their hand is in the cookie jar. So like people would yell cookies when you stole mm, it. Yeah. Um, there was a game recently and I can't remember if it was a hype man on the side of the court or if it was the player chatter or, or whatnot that had stuff like that in it. And I'm trying to rack my brain on which game, and maybe I'll come back and talk about it on the next podcast. Um, but when you would get a steal, it would, somebody would yell cookies, um, and or and they would say there was like other trash talk that was in the game and i want to say it was one of the street games but i just can't remember which game it Could was be. I, I think it exactly.
0: vo- might have been volume two or v3 i don't remember it in the original I don't, I don't remember joe the show which of course bob elliott uh saying that but it's yeah uh, it it sounds familiar I, I can't remember it either we'll have to maybe we'll have to come back to in the next show if we can uh, uh discover that in the uh, in the interim but no, I, I think there's a place for it. Uh, it Maybe not a priority, but I, I think you definitely could do it, and you could do it lighthearted, and comical. It, it doesn't have to be uh, the uh, the height of Larry Bird or, Mag- or Michael Jordan's uh, or Gary Payton's <laughs> saltier comments or a KG. But you you could definitely do it a certain way. And uh, as far as the sim games go, I think it's mostly going to be kind of that that taunt. And, and as far as having a, a practical use, I mean, it, it could be just fun to do to the opponents. And we, you kind of have, you kind of do have that in the playground. You've got some after on green releases you can do the backflips and things and after the games you can do dances and taunts and things like that so it's kind of there that's probably the, the closest that you get is the the celebrations and the, and the taunts more so than specifically trash talking but you could you could add it to some games it's just going to be the either flavor content or maybe it adjusts or affects rather a momentum or morale meter so i think there's a place for it especially in the arcade games if nothing else
1: you know what game has a lot of trash talk is Slam City with Scottie Pippen.
0: I'm, glad, I'm, I'm
1: glad you brought that up. <laughs> so right. That is all about trash talk, but also um, you want some of this?
0: <laughs> you got it.
1: You, you, you that's when you face uh, fingers. That's, that's right. It. And he's trash talking you. He is trash talking you and staring you down all game. That's how I remember one on one. By the way, not to sound like uh, like uh, oh back at my day, but that's how I remember one on one in street ball and whatnot coming up and i remember you know there were people that didn't even want to get on the court with some of these people who were running the courts and trash talking and being physical and basically giving it to you you know what i mean so um yeah slam city with scotty pippen is a game that actually had tons of trash talk
0: so and... so what you're saying to bring this whole mailbag together is that what what we need to do is make blacktop more like slam city with scotty pippen with trash talking
1: oh yeah Oh, totally. And bring Pippin back into it, like into the mode. I, I want him on my screen. Um, bring those characters back. Let me use fingers. You know what I mean? Let me use uh, who cares? I don't I, I, like I honestly I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. There is just something immersive about that game. I, I don't slam city with Scotty Pippin. I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe it's because it's a concept that we haven't seen since. Um, the game just hits hits me. I'm not saying the gameplay is great. But there's just some something great about it that I love. I may, maybe I'm the, I'm in a large minority there, but
0: yeah. I I just think we've solved so. the problems that we've discussed. You know, everything but recurrent revenue. I think we've we've just solved the problems over the course of this pack. But with that being said, uh, th- shout out to you, uh, Josh and Dave, for that question. Uh, always great to uh, talk to you. Need to get you on the show again for the uh, for the fourth time. That'll be really great. Uh, always uh, great to talk to our friends.
1: No, absolutely. I'd love to have you guys on again. Um, Hopefully you've been listening to um, some of our recent episodes, um, but yeah, no, it'd be great, uh, great to have you guys on again.
0: Thank you once again, and thank you to Mace. Thank you to everybody who is sending questions, including uh, Sega Geek Navare in the forum. Very much appreciate it. We've got some great questions to get to over the next couple of shows. We will definitely be doing that and putting out the call. Of course, podcast at mb-live.com You can email those through, or send them in through the forum or our various social media channels, or uh, leave a comment on the bulletin where the uh, where the, uh, the podcast is uh, hosted on the NLSC. Also, to that note, just want to give a shout out once again to uh, Sega Geek Navari for uh, giving me a heads up about how the player had disappeared from some of our older posts. That was a, a technical issue that I fixed up that caused another issue. So I fixed up those links. That's all working again now. Uh, once again, if you see any kind of issues like that around the site, give me a heads up asap, and I'll uh, fix it asap. But uh, thank you once again for that heads up, and also for all the questions. Uh, yeah, we we love the mail back.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as um, Sega Geek, um, he even brought up um, NF, uh, excuse me, ESPN NBA 2K5 so it'll be nice to dive into that on a future episode because I actually did spend a lot of time with that game. Um I did pl- I was we were playing NBA Live 2005 more, but I still spent a decent amount of time on that game. So it'll be interesting to jump into that.
0: Lots of great questions to get to in the in the future, but uh, that has brought us to the end of episode number 370 of the NLSC podcast. Of course the podcast comes out every week every Sunday on the NLSC, which is dot livecom It's also on all the various podcatching apps and platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, to name just a few. On those platforms, search for NLC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. Uh, Please feel free to leave us a hopefully positive review on Apple Podcasts and any other platform that allows reviews like that. But as we always say, as long as you're tuning into the show each and every week and enjoying it, that is the main thing. And with that being said, Derek, we did mention that you can get in touch with us via social media, so uh, yeah, where can we get in touch with you? Um we're actually
1: going to be recording Holding Court with a um Holding Court with D for 3 episode 16 tomorrow Finally. and I so definitely yeah I know it's just it's been I don't have the space I've been house shopping for a year and a half two years still in in the the market is crazy right now it is not a buyers market it's a sellers market um yeah I just haven't had the space I've had a packed house and I feel terrible about it to be honest with you but yeah we'll definitely be recording Holding Court with D for 3 episode 16 tomorrow uh, we have a lot to go over so definitely tune into that we um you can find me on instagram at d4384 uh youtube d43 um where i'm most active on twitter at d4384 and um i'm also on um, the nlsc d43 i did just recently upload some gameplay videos of nba live 2001 me versus the computer lakers versus kings and um, a few 2K21, a couple 2K21 highlight videos.
0: So definitely tune in uh, to those. And of course, your fantastic face mods that are, that you can check out in the download section right now. Uh some some are okay. Um, I'm
1: trying to get better. Um, I think the Cameron Krotwig cyberface that I made for 2K21 using his real face, uh, doing texture paint and Blender, all that stuff. I think that came out um, really good. Um, the Reggie Miller, uh, they're still work i think that needs to be done on it and i think i'm going to release a v2 on that one um but yes i've been you know trying to get more into cyber face making and i've done some conversions recently for 2k 17 and whatnot uh it's just fun sometimes it's a good stress reliever um you get to tap into your you know your the artist side of you uh the creative side of you so um yeah i'm going to continue trying to work on faces and maybe someday i'll get you know as good as some of these great face creators like razor and whatnot
0: as i said at the top of the show i am andrew in the forum and andrew nlsc on twitter the nlsc itself is on facebook and twitter at the nlsc we also have a presence on instagram which is nlsc basketball on youtube we are youtube.com slash nba live series center and of course once again keep it locked to the nlsc itself nba live.com for everything we do for basketball video games But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.